Welcome back to Brailcast Extra after a slightly longer than usual summer break. This week, using Braille on the internet, a session presented by Dave Williams and introduced by Ben Mustel-Rose. It was recorded on Tuesday the 7th of September 2021. Good evening everybody and a very warm welcome to this evening's Masterclass brought to you by the Brailleists. This is the first of our uh, new season of Masterclasses after our summer break. We we took about a month off to uh, to recharge the old batteries, but we're back in the saddle and uh, raring to go. Lovely to see some familiar names here, but also lovely to see some new names that we haven't seen before. So a very warm welcome to one and all, regardless of whether this is your first Braillist event or not. This evening's masterclass is all about learning Braille on the internet, how to interpret some of the jargon that your Braille display tells you when you're browsing the web, uh, some screen reader specific tips, and some strategies in, in general just to help you be as productive as possible. Now, I don't want to give too much away because we've got a great guest lined up today, uh, a name and a voice that will be familiar to many people, uh, both involved with and not involved with the Braille. It gives me a great pleasure to welcome the chair of the Braillist Foundation, Dave Williams. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? I'm really well. Good evening, everybody, and uh, a very warm welcome to this session uh, concerned with using Braille on the web. And uh, we're going to do things slightly uh, differently tonight. Often we talk at you for, you know, 40 minutes, and then we try and cram in as many questions as possible towards the end of the session. So we're going to try and do things a little bit differently tonight and uh, encourage your participation because we see these sessions as being very collaborative. Often there's a lot of uh, knowledge and learning around the table. Uh, and I think it'd be great um, for everybody um, to kind of share what they know. And uh, Ben and I always say that we come away from these sessions having learned something. Um, you'll be aware, of course, that you can read, you know, almost any accessible web page or app by touch using a digital uh, Braille display. Um, and that can improve your understanding of content. And it can also um, free your ears to hear the people and environment um, around you. In this session, what we're kind of aiming to do really is to offer some tips for getting the best from accessing the web with Braille. And we're not for a second suggesting that you access the web exclusively with Braille, but where does uh, Braille present challenges and where are there problems? My objectives uh, really for tonight um, is that hopefully by the end, uh, we'll recognize um, how to uh, negotiate sort of web page uh, structure, um, recognize various uh, textiles and control types in Braille. We'll also hopefully gain an understanding of how to navigate uh, web content uh, with a Braille display and become familiar with tools and uh, for, for reflowing, searching uh, content um, on the web. So many mainstream uh, smartphones, tablets and laptops either include or can easily have added uh, screen reading software uh, that will quickly and easily convert text shown on web pages to Braille. 
for example, uh, some of you may be uh, iPhone users familiar with VoiceOver. And of course, Vo VoiceOver has support uh, for many Braille displays that you can connect via Bluetooth. And I think we've got a separate masterclass on, on how you do that. Um, also, another example of a, of a screen reader on a mainstream device might be uh, JAWS running on Microsoft uh, Windows. You can also access uh, the web in Braille using a specialist uh, Braille note taker. So this might be uh, something like a Braille sense or a Braille note. Um, and uh, very often on those devices, uh, they include uh, a kind of a lightweight, sort of a stripped down uh, custom uh, web browser or even specific uh, web services that have been uh, tailored um, to uh, work with a, a particular thing. So, for example, on the Braille Sense, um, I think on the old Braille Sense, they would have a, an RSS reader. So that was for searching for and reading um, news feeds, for example. On the, uh, the new uh, Braille Mantis Q uh, device from Humanware, uh, there are support for some library services, for, for example. And that experience is, is, is curated on those, those specialist devices. Um, I think it might be useful at this point just to have a brief um, discussion to sort of explore some of the pros and cons of that. So, so what do you think are the, the kind of the pros and cons of accessing the web with Braille using a screen reader running on a mainstream platform like a, an iPhone or Windows versus, say, accessing the web on a specialist uh, Braille note taker? So, um, you know, Dave, I think, I think the, the, the message here is no right or wrong answers. You know, it's that's, not, that's it's it. not a so test. The, no, it's not. So the, quest, the question is, what do you think are the pros and cons of accessing uh, the web using Braille, using a mainstream device with a screen reader versus uh, a, a specialist um, Braille note taker? Um, and I really want to emphasize that as blind people, you know, we need a wide uh, selection of tools and techniques um, to really negotiate, you know, what can be a very uh, challenging environment. So, you know, all of these tools are valued um, immensely. So this is not to, um, you know, be judgmental about somebody else's uh, cho choice. Um, of, of technology. I just think it's important to have an open and honest discussion about what some of those those pros and cons might be. So if anyone has any thoughts about that, go ahead and raise your hand. Yeah, um, so so uh, a couple of, uh, we're going to come to uh, Carla in a moment or two, but just to pick up on uh, what you said quickly there, Dave, I think, I think the key there is not being judgmental because actually what you find is that there are so many bits of technology, and for anyone who's unaware, Dave and I both work in, in the tech industry in uh, different jobs. Um, there are so many different pieces of technology that actually the idea that there's one perfect thing, it, it's just not true. Uh, so we're going to come to Carla uh, momentarily. Uh, no other hands after Carla, but definitely time to take some more input. That's all right. We've um, got plenty of stuff to get through. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from you, Carla, first. And Carla, you're good to go. Oh, hello there. Um, yeah, um, thoughts I have is um, with the things like the note takers and stuff, they're very cut down, as you, as you said earlier. Um, and they have a specific function that, um, that, that they do, be it look at a book service or, or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and maybe the expectation sometimes is 
nowadays certainly that people want more than that uh, that they want the mobile um, on the go solution and actually sometimes the note takers themselves are not always able to deliver and keep up with the technology so that's where a windows machine might be more suitable in the fact that it is more able because it's mainstream to um, cope with all sorts of varieties of websites and uh, and web pages. And that's um, a really um, important thought. And and to add to that, you know, it's also worth recognising that actually um, Braille note takers can do kind of both of those things. So you can use the built-in software on your Braille note taker uh, to access a, a website. And there may be benefits to doing that. There may be fewer distractions, for example, if you're using a, a mobile uh, web browser, uh, it might offer you a you know kind of slimmed down uh, kind of experience that may mean you can be more productive and more efficient. Uh, but also all the Braille note takers support screen readers. So you can put your Braille note taker into a terminal mode and use it with your mainstream platform, having the best of, of both worlds. Um, I see there is another hand uh, raised um, and we'll come to that shortly, but I'm going to press on because I know we've got plenty to get through. Um, so when sighted people visit a web page, um, they don't read the entire page in a linear way from top to bottom in the way that a screen reader might do if you just kind of let the page load and let your screen reader um, speak. And certainly with uh, Braille, um, I think most of us are going to be using single line Braille displays with our screen readers. And that, again, can be a very linear um, experience. Um, so you really want to be able to develop some techniques that allow you to go straight to the information um, that you need and to um, develop those skills so that you can do what a sighted person does and get the thing that you want without having to read um, everything else. Now, that sounds like a lot of work. Um, but there are um, distinct benefits for using a Braille display um, with the web, not just using speech output. You know, many of us are using speech, but actually, if you're using um, uh, Braille, uh, does anyone have any thoughts about what some of those those distinct benefits might be? Uh, so I know we've had a couple of hands uh, reach, yeah. uh, raised since then. I don't know. Uh, I've actually taken the liberty of lowering them and because we've uh, changed topics slightly. But I know that Steve and Tina, you both had your hands raised. So um, we can come back on what you were talking about previously or some of the some of the benefits of using these devices. You know, the, uh, and I guess... Um, you know, while we wait for hands, I guess, you know, one interesting thing to consider is that they are designed, for want of a better term, for us. You know, I, I sometimes I sometimes feel like, you know, I'm having to use technology that hasn't been designed for someone like me. And that can uh, definitely be a bit of an uphill struggle. But I guess the idea of, of a note taker is that it is designed for, for blind people. Um, OK, Jessica, let's come to you. Yeah, we'll come to Jess now. You're good to go. Hello. Hi, Jess. Oh, hiya. Hi. You all right? I'm very good. Yes. Good, yeah. Good. Um, what, what do you no. think about this whole issue of using using yeah, um, well, Braille I... on the web? Do you do um, you use Braille on the web, and do you think there are any distinct benefits of doing so? I don't. I don't currently use Braille on the web, but just from what you were just saying at the beginning, got me thinking about some of the things you know that I find difficult on the web, like at the moment using just the screen reader. Yeah, and that maybe if I did use my braille 
display yeah. Yeah. then you'd be able to find like sometimes if you're on a website it's really complicated you know there's buttons that you've got to get to and you can't find you know what they are what if with the braille note take it would then tell you. i don't know if this is how it works because i've never tried it so this is just me kind of finding out yeah and hoping that maybe that's a, a thing that it would be beneficial for so, so I think the big benefit there, Jess, is actually you can dynamically control your reading speed. So when you arrow down with your screen reader and it burbles a whole load of stuff and then you go back and you might go up and down a couple of times go, what was that again? What was that again? And, yeah. and then and it rereads a whole load of stuff. And of course, you can go and you can slow it down and there are keystrokes to move by character and word and so on. But all that takes time. Whereas when you're actually reading Braille, you can speed up and slow down very dynamically in a way that I think sometimes can be tricky to do with speech. I'll tell you the main reason why I use Braille for the web, and that is spelling. I'm going to put you on the spot, um, uh, Jess. Do you know how to spell Pfizer? You don't have to answer that. Oh, no. I did because I spelt it wrong. So I know it's not how you think you spell it. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't know how to spell it. And I was spelling it wrong. Um, yes. And it was only by using Braille that I discovered it's P-F-I-Z-E-R. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. I th- my yeah. mum told me because I was telling her I've had my yeah. Pfizer jab and obviously mm. just without the P. And she was like, you know, you don't spell it like that. I wonder yeah. how would I know that? Now, <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Williams has given me a challenge to share with you all. Um, and it's another example of where having Braille on the web is really useful. Go and search for a recipe. Go and find yourself a nice scone recipe or dare I say it, bread. I think we've done bread, haven't we? Um, but um, go and find yourself a recipe uh, and let your screen reader um, blast through that and listen to that with the TTS and see how much of it you you take in. When you're reading a recipe in Braille, uh, that can make a huge difference, especially when the uh, the typography isn't correct. You know, where they've used X instead of a multiplication sign, uh, or if uh, you hear teaspoons and tablespoons, which are often abbreviated to, uh, is it TSP and TBSP? Uh, I, I can so, never yeah. hear the difference when a TTS is, is going at those at speed. So do um, try that with speech and try it with Braille, and I think you will hear a difference. And not quite the web, but email. You know, I used to get um, emails from somebody who I thought was called um, Nora Plea, Um until I realized uh, when I read it in Braille that it actually said no reply, not Noropli. Um, and it was my speech synthesizer that was mangling the uh, pronunciation of no reply, which was written as all one word. So having those spellings right under your fingertips, even if you only look at it occasionally and for the most part you're using speech, I think can be tremendously empowering. And I've already mentioned, of course, the benefits of freeing up your ears to hear uh, the people around you, such as if you wanted to look up some information in a meeting, maybe you needed to Google something. This happened to me this morning, actually. We were planning some events for October and we needed to find out a specific piece of information. Ben was talking and I wanted to continue listening to what Ben was saying. But at the same time, I wanted to try and find out a piece of information. And had I let my screen reader speak, you know, I would have been able to hear either of them because they would have been talking over the, the top of each other. So Definitely. let's get into some of the specifics of what happens when you are reading a web page. So when you arrive at a web page um, using your um, screen reader and Braille display, um, 
the first thing you'll probably notice is that there are lots of extra letters and numbers that are inserted uh, within the Braille. Um, and they are there to indicate um, the visual components of the web page. Uh, for example, you might see uh, the letters LNK, which tells you that the text that you're on is a link. Uh, you might see H1 uh, that tells you that you're on a heading level one. On uh, voiceover uh, on the uh, on iDevices, I think it says HD uh, for heading. Anybody got any ideas what LI might be? Or, or, or wanted to come back on any of the questions that we've um, that we've pitched so far, please go ahead and, and raise your hand. And Ben, feel free to interrupt if there are uh, hands uh, raised. Yeah, no problem. So I know that Steve's had his hand up uh, a couple of times. So uh, Steve, I know you don't have your hand up at the moment. I'm going to take the liberty of uh, coming to you now uh, just to let you raise your point. And you are unmuted. Hi there. I'm glad to have you back on Tuesdays. <laughs> Hi, Steve. Um, How you doing? Um, okay. Are you well? Good. Yes. Yeah. Good. Any thoughts about any of the, the questions we've pitched so far? Uh, one slightly scary thing. Uh, we used to support uh, the Pfizer company years ago, and I don't know how many dozens of times I saw the spelling. And when you mentioned, could I spell, spell Pfizer? <laughs> I got yeah. it wrong. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> aside, apart from that, that's more to do with me than anything, I think. Um, but it's easily done, though. I mean, it's. I think it really amplifies the point, though, that there could be so many things that, that unless you actually read it, you know, letter for letter, you just don't know. Well, well, I, I did. We had a Braille display at, uh, at work, a thing made by the yeah. people actually at the work. But anyway, um, yes, I, I, um, I tend to. I've got a Braille Note Touch Plus, um, and uh, I tend to. Uh, initially, the first time or first few times on a web page, I do tend to just sort of paddle down it. Um, a line at a time until you get used to the the format of it um, mm. so then you can start sort of you know searching for headings or sometimes i'll sort of go with next heading one because it gives you um uh next heading level one or two or three and so on and so on or you can do a general next heading whatever level uh, you can do next link um next button probably other screen needs and stuff can do that too um but um Yes, and you do. I think it's really handy to have the Braille as as well as the speech um, to to give you accuracy uh, on what you what text you know what text you've got on the screen. So um, yes, on, on a web page, I I use a lot now. Um, it will enable allow me to go down the links and that finding next link. But one of the other things it's got on it as well is a find a string in the page. Um, so I look for recordings and it'll turn me up the recordings tab. There isn't a next tab, unfortunately. That might be quite handy. Maybe I'll ask for it in the next release. Uh, but um, yeah, a few handy things on the, on the web browser there. Um, it doesn't always render pages desperately well, but uh, they've, they've done a, f a fair try with it, I'd say. Yeah, so, so, so recognising what some of the um, extra information means, I think is, is, is quite important. Mm. Um, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, I gave a couple of examples um, earlier on, you know, things like, you know, BTN to represent button. And it's quite tricky to find a list of all those things anywhere. You know, I was, I was looking for a voiceover list and maybe there is one, uh, but it wasn't easily um, discoverable. Uh, and of course, what exactly appears uh, will depend to some extent on, um, you know, which um, screen reader you are using. 
um, or you know, or which web browser and which um, platform. So one of the um, methods that um, I use um, is to use initially speech and Braille together. So if you've not used Braille on the web and you're going to get started, use speech and Braille together um, to help you identify um, how your screen reader um, describes um, these elements in Braille. So if you, you know, you arrow to a button and look at it on your Braille display, then you'll, you'll, you'll recognize that hopefully in future. And uh, that, that's one way of, of, of getting, getting started. So um, another technique um, that is that is helpful you mentioned there uh, Steve about the way in which um, web pages are rendered um, and this can be particularly challenging when you've got very busy web pages local newspapers I find uh, are often particularly um, problematic um, and the good news is that most modern web browsers so Safari on your iPhone uh, or Microsoft Edge on uh, Windows um, they have um, a reader mode. Um, so on iPhone, for example, if you go to the top left-hand corner of Safari, there's a button, um, uh, I think it's called something like formatting options. Um, and that um, can basically help reduce the amount of clutter on the page because what the reader mode tries to do is to just give you the main block of text, the main body of text on a on a web page. And that can also be helpful for speech as well, not just um, Braille. Um, but if you are accessing a web page that does seem to be absolutely riddled with adverts and all kinds of nasties, then actually sometimes using the, uh, the reader mode in your web browser uh, and the instructions for getting to that will be different depending on which web browser you're doing and will include some of those in the uh, in the handout, when we when we publish the the handout, uh, you will find that does make a big difference to um, reading uh, web pages. Okay, I saw there was something in the chat from Jess. Yeah, so Jess has a really good question. Let's say that you're browsing the internet on your Braille display and you encounter an unlabeled button. I guess there are two things there. How how is that represented in your experience? And uh, she is wondering whether there's a way to get the text of the button in Braille. So you, the chances are that you will get in Braille whatever the screen reader uh, says in, in speech as a, as a general kind of rule of thumb. Um, that's not always the case. Sometimes there are characters that don't get spoken by your speech synthesizer. Um, um, so um, sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't always happen. Um, but the, um, the beauty of a voiceover is that there is actually a, a, a command you can use to manually label controls. So if you can find out from somebody what that, that button does, or you can perhaps use uh, one of the uh, description features now that you can add to the rotor where you turn the rotor uh, and switch on um, image descriptions. Uh, sometimes you can get additional information, which may help you to, you've got to be a bit of a detective, I think. Um, and you've got to employ a number of methods. So find out what the speech says. See if you could get a voiceover to recognize any text contained within that object using the uh, image recognition feature of, of voiceover. Uh, and then worst case scenario, um, obviously resort to asking somebody because then you can label it. And then once it's labeled, the next time you encounter it, uh, then the label will come up. Um, and I think, am I right saying, Ben, is it, is it, is it two finger double tap and hold? To, I, to label? I believe it is, yes. Yeah, that was just yeah. what I was thinking, yep. Yeah, okay. So um, 
so that's that's reading. I'm going to go on um, to um, navigation um, because obviously that is is kind of related to to reading, but it's a sort of a separate um, task in some respects because it may be that you want to get to a specific part of the web page. And I think it was Steve earlier uh, said that often he will initially, you know, arrow through um, a page, but if it's a website, you know, uh, well then it may be that you want to use your screen reader's quick navigation keys. And depending on the screen reader you're using, these may or may not work on your Braille display. If you have a Braille display like the Mantis that has a QWERTY keyboard, then they, they almost certainly will work, um, depending on your, your screen reader. Um, and so the quick navigation keys are obviously things like, you know, H to jump to the next heading, and then you add the shift key, you know, to go back to the, um, the previous one. Now, um, I would urge anyone to expand their knowledge of quick navigation keys, because while you might know a few of those those obvious ones, um, there may be some that you're that you're less um, familiar with. Uh, so, for example, what is your screen reader's key to go to the next landmark? Many websites uh, hopefully are starting to use uh, landmarks. I know that H for heading is is certainly the most uh, the most popular one you might think um that um l would take you to the next link it doesn't always if you're using nvda for example on windows it's actually k uh takes you to the next link and i think l takes you uh to the next list item list yeah yeah something to do yeah. With list yeah yeah uh definitely so um i would uh urge you to become really familiar uh, with your screen readers, quick navigation keys. And a tip that you can certainly use in MVDA as well is to, when you're on a web page, if you press the MVDA key and number one, um, that puts you, and I think this will also work with JAWS, uh, that will put you in the um, input help mode or the keyboard help mode. And then you can use, the, just press the alphabetic keys individually and your screen reader will announce uh, which element they will jump to whether it's landmark link list item uh, or some other object just going to take a pause to see if we've got any hands or questions ben notice that james bowden has his hand up and uh, james you're actually uh, co-hosted now taking the liberty of co-hosting you so you can uh, unmute as you uh, as you see fit you're very generous, Ben. Thank oh, no you. No problem. So I would absolutely second what Dave's just said about learning your quick navigation keys. Absolutely vital for rapid navigation of web pages. Um, the other ones which you might really find helpful are knowing what it means by a heading level one, two, three, four, etc. Typically, there should be only one heading one on a web page. Typically, there should be. Doesn't always mean to say there is. Um, but if you can just press the number one, you're likely to get to the very main part of the web page. Yeah, very and, few and similar strokes. to that. Yeah, and similar to that on um, uh, search on Google, particularly and other search engines, they're usually at heading level three, I think. Um, for the search, the search results. results. Yes. For the actual results inside that, yes. Yeah, so, so if you do a search on Google uh, and then, you know, you press enter and then the page results comes up. And if you want to get past a lot of the guff at the top of the page, hitting three um, will quite often, uh, if, if it doesn't do it the first time, two or three presses of the number three will take you 
into the search results. And if you want to skip the ads on Google, you can press number two to uh, go straight past them. Got uh, Rachel with her hand raised now. Thank you for that, James. Some great tips there. Always good to know how to navigate specific websites as well as some generic uh, generic suggestions. Uh, but Rachel, you are uh, now unmuted. Hi, everyone. Nice to have you back. Good to have you back, Rachel. How are you? <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm good, thank you. You're good. Yeah, um, so I want to um, basically get more used to I have I use just iOS. I don't use JAWS at all. So it's Do you know, only that's my next iPhone. in my notes. That's next oh, sorry. in my notes. Sorry, yeah. I should no, have fine. been a bit more patient. No, <laughs> no, you've, you've, you've moved it on. Good on you. Let's do that. So <laughs> so on. So this might help. So so on Apple devices. Yeah, the navigation um, keys. I don't know many at all and I need to sort of learn. Right, them. right. So the, the main tool for navigation um, on um, navigation with, uh, with voiceover on um, Apple devices is the rotor. Um, ah. And if you turn the, well, firstly, you can go into voiceover and you can tell voiceover what you would like in your rotor. So do you want links in the rotor? Do you want headings in the rotor? Do you want controls in the rotor? Mm -hmm. I have all of those in the rotor. Yeah, I've got, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when you're on a web page, then you turn the rotor and on your braille display, you use space and dots five, six to turn the rotor clockwise or space and dots two, three to turn the rotor anti-clockwise. And that changes what the down arrow is going to do on your braille display. So when you turn the rotor with space and dots two, five, it might say characters, words, lines, headings, links, controls, as you keep pressing it. Um, and so, for example, when I log my uh, COVID test results online, I always turn the rotor around to controls because I know that that page, the things that I need to deal with are controls. There's a form. I need to choose who I'm putting the result in for. I need to find the proceed button. Um, I need to find the button that allows me to scan the QR code from the, um, the test strip. Um, and that works really well on that web page. Now, I also know that on certain other web pages, I want to be able to move um, via link. So I will turn the rotor to be links. And then that means that I can use the down arrow to jump to the next link and the up arrow to jump to the previous link. So as well as changing what the physical up and down vertical flick does on the touchscreen, it also changes how the up and down arrows behave on your braille display because they map to that, that same function. Hopefully that makes makes some sense. Sounds sounds good to me. Uh, no more hands, so I think we're good to go. Yeah. So uh, using the rotor um, with those uh, space and dots five six or space and dot two three, that will change what the up and down arrow will do. You can also change your volume and speed and stuff like that um, using that technique, and then you can determine which items are on the rotor um, by going into it now it's not as efficient as using quick navigation um but it does mean that in in certain situations um you don't even have to remember a keystroke you know you just know how to turn your rotor and you know how to arrow down then actually just with those two pieces of information um you can get to you know quite a lot of things pretty um pretty quickly uh using uh your braille display and it does mean that you don't have to keep moving your hands you know backwards and forwards from 
the braille display to your QWERTY keyboard. You know, we talked a lot about, you know, quick navigation keys and uh, screen reader uh, commands that you can do on a QWERTY keyboard. But actually, ideally, what you want to try and do as much as possible is to minimize the amount you have to keep flicking your hands backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. Great question from Jess in the chat. Uh, what does controls mean on the rotor? Controls refers to buttons, edit boxes, check boxes, radio buttons, and combo boxes. So all of those elements are included within controls. So when you turn the rotor to controls, if you arrow down, the voiceover will jump to the next one of those things, whether it's a button, a checkbox, radio button, uh, a combo box, or the other one, um, which uh, has escaped me, edit box. Um, so voiceover will jump to one of those elements, whichever one comes next on the, on the web page. Hopefully that, that helps. So, okay. So if, if I could add to that. So basically yeah. it means things that you can interact with. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to move on from um, the quick navigation and the rotor. Um, and I want to talk um, briefly about um, what I'm going to call list utilities. So screen readers typically include a function um, that allows you to list elements on a web page. Now, on, on iOS devices, this list is pretty uh, basic um, because it just gives you a list of every element on the web page in a, in a very linear way. But actually, it's very easy to, to work with on a braille display. And what happens is, and I think, uh, Ben, you can tell me if I'm wrong, is it a two-finger triple tap brings up the... Um, uh, the list, he's going to just oh, check it. I, he, that's exactly what he's going to do, isn't he? I'm yeah. not entirely sure um, off the top of my head. So I'm not even going to pretend to know every command in every screen reader, folks, because uh, it would only be 30 seconds before I came unstuck. So so I just don't remember off the top of my head. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a gesture you can perform, and I'm pretty sure there'll be a Braille uh, keystroke as well that will will map to this. If there isn't, you could certainly go in and assign one, and you will get a list of all the elements on the page. And so that avoids anything that's moving on the page, any pop-ups, things like that. You'll just get a list of every element on the page. And most importantly, at the top of that list, there is a search box. Um, and if you get into the search box, you can then narrow down that list by typing into the search box the thing that you are looking for. That is a two-finger triple tap indeed. Nicely remembered. Okay. OK. Now, if we go to Windows, um, you can be a bit more sophisticated about the lists that you're able to access. So in JAWS, for example, if you press the JAWS key and function key 7, uh, I think you get um, a, a links list. Um, and in NVDA, if you press the NVDA key and function key 7, you get a dialogue with a radio button that allows you to control which elements are listed, whether they be links, headings, um, or other types of elements on the page. And often these dialogues are much easier to negotiate from a Braille display. So if you've been told, oh, you know, there's a link to our newsletter, for example, on the web page, um, and you haven't been able to find it using some other means, then actually using the um, the list of items might be helpful for that. 
Um, it also might be a helpful way to get an overview of what's on a web page by listing the headings, for example. That's something I will do on a very busy web page. Um, if you were to search for the Kings of England on Wikipedia, for example, that's a massive page. Um, and uh, one way to negotiate that huge page, because a sighted person would just grab the mouse and they'll start scrolling down and scrolling until they see the thing that they're looking for. Oh, yes, I want, you know, 1700s or something like that. And it'll be somewhere in the middle of the page. And, and the sighted person would scroll down and, and find that. Whereas we would either have to use a quick navigation key, maybe pressing H or turning the rotor. Or another way of doing it would be to use our screen reader uh, list utility that provides us with an index of items that are found on the current uh, web page. Uh, we've got a question from a phone number ending in 596. I've just asked you to unmute and you're good to go. Thank you. You were talking about the Kings of England. This is just an example. What you could do is use your screen find like your JAWS find. You could That's next on the list. Like that. Yeah, that's Aha. exactly right. Okay. Yeah, you're, you're spot on. So in voiceover, it's space with F um, or in uh, JAWS, I think, um, and uh, NVDA, it's control in the screen reader key and F. Um, and that go. would let you search for a specific thing. So if you wanted the first Charles on the page, for example, yep, you could you could certainly do that. And that's a great way from your uh, Braille display. I find that particularly with voiceover using space and F from the Braille display. Uh, it's a great way of finding because that works everywhere, not just on the web. Like you can use that in settings, and and it was uh, I think it was Scott Davitt told me that um, that you can pretty much use the the voiceover find feature from the Braille display pretty much anywhere in in the system. But that's great. a really good tip. Great Thank tip. you very much. Yeah, definitely. Did we get we did get your name? Telephone number five nine eight. Was it five nine eight? It's five nine six. I'll just five nine six. Sorry, you again. There you are. You're good to go, Michael. Michael, that's great, Michael. Thank yes. you so much. You're great. welcome. Thank you. Good tip. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, using your screen reader's uh, find feature, and obviously the keystroke that you press will depend very much on, you know, like all these things, the screen reader that you're, that you're using, but you basically you hit the command, so space and F um, in voiceover uh, that you can do on your Braille display, um, and it's going to be different in, in other screen readers. And then you just simply type in the thing that you're looking for, and then you jump to uh, the screen reader will jump you to the result if there are any. And you simply type it in, press enter. Okay, uh, so I now come to the, uh, the, the phone issue of, of form filling. And of course, not all forms are, are created uh, equally. Um, often as screen reader users, we know we've got to kind of switch modes to interact with um, edit fields. Uh, and if you're not in the right mode and your Braille display has a cursor routing key, then often you can use your, your cursor routing key to activate uh, controls in your form. That might be to tick a tick box or select um, a radio button or to just activate a control. Um, so certainly learn the command um, that enables your screen reader to tab because that's obviously the way that you navigate between controls. So on a QWERTY keyboard, you'd hit the tab key to go to the next form control, find out what that is for your particular screen reader. Some use space and T um, uh, and then uh, space and uh, uh, shift T might take you back to the, uh, to the previous uh, control. Um, you might also um, be required to write uh, text into a form. Uh, and certainly in the case of JAWS, I think sometimes 
computer braille is expected. So uh, we are going to be having a session on computer braille in the next few weeks. So if computer braille is something that interests you or confuses you, uh, do look out for that, that computer braille se uh, session. But basically the short version of computer braille is no contractions, lower numbers, and it's different punctuation. And you usually use dot seven for a capital. So, uh, but if, if that makes no sense right now, come back for the uh, computer braille session that we're going to be running in, in a few weeks. Um, my final tip for forms, and I'd love to hear your tips for forms. Feel free to dive in, raise your hand. Um, my final tip for forms is every so often you run up against a control that gives you um, options. I find date pickers are particularly um, challenging. And sometimes the way to negotiate that is to jump to the end of the page because sometimes the screen reader will add the new information that's appeared on screen to the end of what we see on the page um, in terms of the screen reader's virtual buffer. So I've seen this a few times where you have to select a date and as soon as you put the focus on the control, you then have to jump your screen reader to the end of the page. So how you do that will again vary from screen to screen, it might be space and dots four, five, six, for example, to go to the bottom of the of the page and then start coming back up the page, uh, panning left uh, to see if there's been additional content added to the page. Uh, for example, a date picker or a calendar uh, where you need to select a date. And then, of course, you're going to need to go back to the start of your page and use your uh, skills that we've talked about already, quick navigation keys, find, um, all that stuff to get yourself back to where you came from originally. And very useful now, given how often you're having to book things in advance. You know, I'm having to uh, navigate lots and lots of calendars online these days. Um, great tip from the chat as well. If you're in uh, a, a links list, for example, and uh, many other lists, it's also worth bearing in mind that first letter navigation works uh, in, in those lists typically. So if you, uh, let's say you're on a, a website where you want to read a news story and maybe you've got a preview of it, um, and you navigate by you, you're getting your list of links up, and obviously there are quite a few links on most websites, you might find the read more link slightly quickly by pressing R than just uh, arrowing through all of the links that are on the page. So lots and lots of, of tips there. Hopefully uh, some of them you, you know, you'll already be familiar with, um, and, and maybe there's something um, new there. And I really would like to um, open it up um, for questions if people have questions or suggestions so if you've got questions comments or suggestions please do uh, go ahead um, and raise your hand and in the uh, sort of 13 or so minutes that we have uh, remaining we'll try and get through uh, as many of those as possible. Uh, we have Claire Morgan uh, with her hand up now uh, first. So we're going to come to Claire. And after Claire, we're going to come to Terry-Ann. Uh, Claire, you are now unmuted. Hello. I don't have a screen, um, a braille display at the moment. But if I got one, how would I learn to use it? So and that would depend on which Braille display you got and who you got it from. Uh, I would recommend that if you're completely new to using a Braille display, it may be worth um, uh, asking the supplier if they're able to offer uh, some training and some guidance to get you started. Um, I'd also ask around in forums like this and on our um, 
a you know email group which displays people have and maybe try and buddy up with somebody so that you've got somebody who's perhaps got a little bit of experience who might also be able to share uh, with you what they've learned from from using their braille display um, and uh, finally I suppose it would really depend on whether you intended using the braille display as a kind of a standalone device uh, or whether you wanted to use it with um, you know, a smartphone or a tablet or a computer, because that would obviously very much change the way in which uh, you would use that device and it might change where you seek help as well. So um, there are lots of forums and hopefully that helps. With a, with a, a, a computer or, or a phone or something. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously if you're going to use it with a screen reader, like on a, on a, smartphone or, or or a screen reader on computer then it might be that the supplier of that screen reader also has uh training um available whether that's um you know online or um uh you know over the phone um i should also mention as well that um rnib in the uk offers um a technology for life um service uh, and that's a free service where you can get um uh, support with with technology products not just um uh, braille displays uh, and if you contact um, RNIB and ask for the technology for life team um, then they also will try to assist. Always a useful resource there thanks for that Claire great question and uh, I think probably a question that lots of people will have had as well so thank you for bringing that up we're going to come to terri next and after terri we're going to come to Lindsay. Uh, terri you're good to go. Yes, good after. Well, I guess it's good evening, gentlemen. That's still Hey, Terry, how are you? Here. I'm doing well, thanks. How about That's all great. of you? I, you yeah, sound great good. To, great to hear you. Yeah, you're standing well as well, which is, is, is reassuring. Yes, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if this is, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I don't know if this is exactly in the same area that you're talking about, but one, uh, there are from one um, braille display to another, yeah. there are minor uh, differences in certain um, symbols that you might need to use, like for an email or and one that comes to mind is the at sign. It's not the same. It's not the same throughout the Braille display world. Right. And so, so, so that so can be confusing. It can. You're right. And um, how the at sign is rendered. So we're tonight mostly talking about using screen readers on um, mainstream devices for, for using with a Braille display on the, on the web. Um, so mm -hmm. voiceover on iPhone or JAWS or NVDA on, on Windows, I guess, primarily. But of course, you know, uh, Brailleback on, on Android is an option. The point is that how that at sign is rendered will depend on the Braille table selected in your screen reader. So if you're using UEB, um, you know, which increasingly is the sort of the standard code that is, is used in across the English speaking world, then the at sign should appear as dot four followed by the letter A, A for at. So dot four A is uh, the at sign in unified English Braille. 
Um, now, obviously, if you're using a different Braille code, then what passes for the at sign may well be different. If you're using computer Braille, uh, I think I mentioned we're going to be doing computer Braille in a couple of weeks, um, hopefully, as a, as, a, as a session. So, so we'll, be, we'll be looking at that. Um, and it really is a, a function of your screen reader rather than the Braille display, unless, of course, you are using a Braille note taker and you're using the built-in web browser that you find on that note taker. So if you're using a Braille note or if you're using a Braille sense and you're using their built-in web browser, then obviously how the app is rendered will depend on that device and the settings in that device. But for the most part, when we're using Braille displays with mainstream products like smartphones or, or laptops, then the symbols that are displayed are determined by the screen reader. Great point, though, uh, Terry. Definitely something to consider. Um, we're going to come to Lindsay in a moment or two. And after Lindsay, we're going to come to uh, Ian. So, uh, Lindsay, you are now unmuted. What I wanted to know is, I've, I've, I've known Braille for many years, but I haven't used it very much. Um, but now I've kind of lost all my sight. I've started using it a bit more now. Yeah. And I don't understand computer Braille, but great that you're going to be doing a, a and um a, you know a thing on that that's, that's great will. that's helping but what yeah. i was wondering is in the notes for this meeting yeah. will you be putting any of these um sort of braille contractions in for the you know the the links and the quick nav keys in those notes or not yes yeah yeah will yeah absolutely yeah it won't be exhaustive but the no, most no. popular the most popular ones will will be in there yeah so um the uh, the language that the screen readers use to represent elements on web pages like, um, you know, NVDA, I think, shows H1 for a heading level one, for example. Um, VoiceOver, I think, shows it as HD. So, so that kind of thing we'll include. We'll also include some of the quick navigation keys as well. Uh, and then obviously the instructions to move to the different types of, um, of, of element. Yeah, but if there's anything good. else that you want specifically in there, uh, happy to add it. Yeah, it's just I... I use supernova but a lot of the time when i'm doing the web browsing i tend to use my ipad but yep. i found it difficult to find sort of quick nav keys for an ipad i'm not really sure where to look for them so i think the the instructions i was suggesting earlier to what so what kind of braille display do you have i've got um i've just got a second hand braille note apex right which I'm okay very impressed with because i was used to many years ago used to use a perkins so it's it's much better. Sure. And does it work with your iPad? It does, yes. I've, I've, I have connected it, but as yet, I've not really had a play right. around with it too much. Um, I, again, I didn't know about the app, and you've just answered that question for me. Yeah. So when you're on the web, um, what you can do is press space with dots five, six, um, yeah. and that will turn the rotor clockwise, um, and you will go through the various things that the rotor has on it, which might be characters, words, lines, headings, controls, links, and so on. And when you've moved the rotor to say links, that will then determine what arrowing down will do. So when you arrow down at that point, it will take you to the next link. For example, if you set the rotor to links, then arrowing down will just go by links. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, so hopefully sense. that will help, yeah. That's great. Thank you. No Thank worries. You. And, and if you get stuck, Lindsay, and you've got questions, do just pop a line to the help address or join the, um, the Braillers Forum. 
Um, you know, we're trying to be a friendly and helpful bunch. Um, and if we haven't got the answer, we'll try and find you the person who has. Brilliant. Thank you. No worries. Definitely. And that uh, address, once again, is help at braylists.org. Always great to have questions like that. And I always say, you know, we've, some people say, oh, I don't want to ask simple questions. But actually, if, if you've got a question like that, chances are that someone else will have that question as well, I find. Uh, so uh, a couple minutes left. We're going to come to EA, EA next and we'll try, we'll try to get you unmuted. Maybe time for one more uh, after you, um, but no hands raised as of yet. So uh, we'll try and unmute you again. So you're now unmuted. Hello. Oh, there you are. Am I unmuted? Yes. Right. Um, yes. Um, <clears throat> just that uh, if you're feeling brave, rather than using the rotor, you can set up keys that will allow you from uh, will allow you to jump back and forward on headings and back and forward on links. Um, and it saves you fiddling around with the rotor. And it's something that I've found very useful. Yes, there's a lot of customization now, isn't there, in the voiceover. Yeah. If you go to commands, you can assign your own commands to perform those functions. So, for example, it's not a Braille-specific thing, but I use um, two-finger flick right, for example, takes me to the next heading, and I've set that up as a custom gesture in, in voiceover. Uh, so you're absolutely right to flag that. Um, it's, uh, it's, like you say, maybe for the little more adventurous. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah, can break things doing that. <laughs> you can, but if you do, if you do, it's very easy to reset things back to what they originally were. Well, that depends what you break. Um, with the braille display, with the braille display. Oh, I can... see. Yes. Yeah. 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 And that, that's yeah. easy. Yeah. And if you unpair, I think if you um unpair your braille display and tell your phone to forget your braille display and then bring it back and repair it, then I think it loses any um any changes that you made if, if you get into trouble great tip there thanks for that i'm glad we could uh, glad we could get you on um because really useful information to know uh we're we're about to wrap things up now um and i'll uh, i'll pass back over to dave briefly for for any uh, final words on braille so i know some of this stuff seems like a little bit fiddly um and a bit of a faff but i i honestly think that using braille with the web uh, is helpful for improving understanding of spelling, uh, not just Pfizer, but but other words as well. Um, reading telephone numbers, you know, not just on the web, but anywhere. Reading a telephone number to me just makes much more sense in Braille than listening to a speech synthesizer trying to read that out. And the same is true um, for addresses. Uh, and of course, when it comes to things like email addresses or hashtags, then precision is really important. So dot uh, 4A is at the uh, little bridge thing for the hash sign 456th sign it's a bit like 456 followed by dots one four five six uh that's another symbol that you might see uh, uh kicking around um and uh discovering those uh web elements um uh, and how they're represented that's really dead easy to do with a combination of speech um and braille um, and certainly making use of your um, browser's reader mode um, on um, Safari. That's the formatting options button top left, and you'll find it in there. Helps to strip out some of that extraneous noise that you find on a, on a lot of 
uh, web pages. There will be um, a handout where I will endeavor to include um, a bunch of the most uh, popular um, quick navigation keys and also some of the uh, screen reader um, verbosity. Um, that you find when you're um, navigating a web page. Great to have a really interactive and lively session. That's what I was hoping for. Didn't want to talk at you for 45 minutes. I wanted everybody to be involved. And it feels like that has happened to, to some extent. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Brailcast Extra. You can find more Braille-related content by subscribing to Brailcast, all one word, in your podcast client of choice, or listening to Brailcast, connecting the dots for Brailleists everywhere on your smart speaker. For the latest information about future Brailleist events and how to join live, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter at braillists.org slash newsletter slash sign up. You can also visit our events page at braillists.org slash events. If you have comments on this recording or suggestions of topics or guests for future events, we'd love to hear from you. Please email help at braylists.org. You can also find the Braylists on Twitter at Braylists or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Foundation. Finally, if you like what you've heard, spread the word. We welcome new listeners and live participants alike, so if you know other people who are interested in Braille, please tell them where to find us. In the meantime, on behalf of everyone at the Braillists, thanks for listening and bye for now. The costs of producing this episode were defrayed by a grant from the Activate Fund of the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information, visit wcmt.org.uk.